السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاتي ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصلك الكلام كلام الله وأحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار وبعد There is little doubt for any individual from among the Muslimun and that is whether person of sunnah even ahlul bid'ah any muslim that reflects upon that which is occurring around the muslimun in this era partly from the effect of the actions of the sufaha from among us the actions of the foolish ones Similarly, partly because of the plotting and scheming of the Sufaha among the Kuffar, those who have animosity and dislike for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when one looks at the combined effects that have come from those two arenas, and how those affairs harm, trouble, and affect the believers, whether here in the West or elsewhere in the dunya, then he or she will conclude that we without doubt are living as Muslimun in trying times. There is little doubt about that. There is no doubt, brothers and sisters, that they are manageable trying times for most of the believers. But they are trying nonetheless. And when a person looks at the manner in which and the direction that the world is traveling and traversing towards, you may similarly conclude that these trying times appear to be set to become even more difficult. 
And there is no doubt that the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the believers is that they will be tried and tested by various affairs. And a part of those trials and tests are trials and tests that come from those who surround them. We look historically at that which occurred among Ibrahim and his qawm and his people, Musa and his people, the likes of Hud, Salih, Nuh, and others, Isa ibn Maryam, and our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the pattern that we see when we study those stories and Allah Azza wa Jal has given them to us that we may reflect upon them and benefit from them, the pattern that we see is trials that come from those who do not believe in Allah Azza wa Jal and His Messenger. Tribulations. And in some instances, bal many an instance, persecution and even physical harm. And so the one who studies their life, studies their seer, looks at the examples that Allah Azza wa Jal blessed us to have in them, or blessed us with, by informing us of them, we understand, ikhwan, that this is the sunnah of Allah Azza wa Jal as it relates to believing folk, that they will be tried and tested. And so, the one who, the one who was practicing Islam maybe some 20 years ago, then when he looks and studies at that time, and he looks at the trials of the Anbiya, the trials of the Prophets and the Messengers, and their followers throughout time, he may say in actuality we're receiving nothing. Alhamdulillah, yani our, our hal and our state is one that is good. We were respected by the kuffar. Our da'wah was mashia, qawiya, strong. One is able to practice his deen without any problem whatsoever. And at that time, you may wonder, you may have wondered, and those of you who have been practicing for uh, a number of years or were present at that earlier stage 20-25 years ago, then I'm sure you will agree with me that that was a beautiful time to practice the deen. It wasn't any, any difficulty whatsoever, except minor. And now we're seeing times becoming progressively different. And that change that we're observing, it is the change that any believing servant actually should expect. If one studies the sunnah of Allah Azza wa Jal with the messengers and their followers, the believer should expect that we're going to be and we're going to receive trial. The believer should expect 
that something from tribulation, something that requires sabr, minna, that that is going to come along. Something that requires that we patiently persevere. As Allah Azza wa Jal has informed us, أَحَسِبَ النَّاسِ أَنْ يُتْرَكُوا أَنْ يَقُولُوا أَمَنَّا وَهُمْ لَا يُفْتَنُونَ Do the people believe that they're going to be left alone? Saying, we believe, and you're not going to be tried and tested? Allah Azza wa Jal similarly informs us of the prophets and the messengers and that which came to them, that indeed, those who came, Allah Azza wa Jal informs us, those who came in the past, that they received hardships, trials, tribulations, وَزُلْزِلُوا And they were shaken. حَتَّى يَقُولَ الرَّسُولُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَعَ مَتَى نَصْرُ اللَّهِ أَلَا إِنَّ نَصْرَ اللَّهِ قَرِيبٌ Allah mentions they were shaken until the Rasul himself and those who believed alongside him they said مَتَى نَصْرُ اللَّهِ When is the aid of Allah Azza wa Jal going to come? And indeed the aid of Allah Azza wa Jal is close. And so from the sunnah of Allah Azza wa Jal with his believers is that they are going to be tried. And thus the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam informed us of the fact that we should expect something from ghurba, something from strangeness. As occurs in the hadith of Sahl ibn Sa'd al-Sa'idi radiallahu anhu the Prophet وسلم, he said, بَدَأَ الْإِسْلَامُ غَرِيبًا وَسَيَعُودُ غَرِيبًا كَمَا بَدَأَ فَطُوبَ لِلْغُرَبَ Islam began as something strange and it shall return to being something strange. So give glad tidings to the strangers. And this strangeness or estrangement is something that when we look at the hadith, its variant wordings, we understand from it that the believer, ayyuhal ikhwa, is distinct. We understand from the text that the believer is distinguished and that he is different as a believer. And that is, without doubt, something present within the kalam of Al-Imam ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullahu ta'ala. Al-Imam ibn al-Qayyim explaining this ghurba and describing it, he mentions in his book Madarij al-Salikin, he mentions huwa gharibun fi dinihi li fasadi adyanihim wa gharibun fi tamasukihi bis-sunnah لتمسكهم بالبدعة غريب في اعتقاده لسوء اعتقادهم أو لسوء عقائدهم غريب في صلاته لسوء صلاتهم غريب في طريقه لضلال وفساد طريقهم غريب في نسبته لمخالفة نسبهم 
غريب في معاشرته لهم لأنهم لأنه يعاشرهم على غير ما تهوى أنفسهم وبالجملة فهو غريب في أمور دنيا وآخرته He mentions that he indeed is gharib. He is strange in his religion. Strange as it relates to those who are around him. Strange in his religion because of the corrupt nature of their religion. Gharibun fi tamasuki. Strange in his manner of clinging to the sunnah because of their clinging to bid'ah. غريب في اعتقاده strange in his belief لسوء عقائدهم because of the evil nature of their belief غريب في صلاته strange in his prayer because of the evil nature the foul and corrupt nature of their prayer غريب strange in his path لضلال وفساد طرقهم Strange in the path that he has taken because of the misguidance and corruption of their path. He mentions, غَرِيبٌ فِي نِسْبَتِهِ غَرِيبٌ what he, on how he affiliates himself, what he affiliates himself to and attributes himself to because of the foul nature of their attribution. غَرِيبٌ فِي مَعَاشَرَتِهِ لَهُمْ Strange in his manner of interacting with and dealing with them because he mentions because of the fact that he does not interact and deal with them in accordance with their desires and then he mentions so the sum total of his affair is that he is gharib he is strange in his dunya and his akhirah he said, لا يجد من العامة مساعدا ولا معينا فهو عالم بين بين جهال وصاحب سنة بين أهل بدعة داع إلى رسوله بين دعاة إلى الأهواء والبدعة آمر بالمعروف ناه عن المنكر بين قوم المعروف لديهم منكر والمنكر معروف he said that indeed he then does not find among the general people musaida he doesn't find among the general people aid and support he said so he is an alim even though he isn't necessarily an alim but he is an alim among ignorant ones among Juhat. He is Sahib Sunnah, a person of Sunnah among Ahl Bid'ah. A caller to the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, among callers to Ahwa, among callers to desires and Bid'ah. One that enjoins the good, and one that prohibits the evil among a people, the good with them is evil, and evil with them is good. And subhanallah al-azim, ikhwan, that qawl is one that is tremendous, 
uh, and one that the Sunni, the Salafi understands and places it in its correct and, pro- and proper place. And so this ghurba is something that is to be expected. Something that we, as people of Sunnah, we understand is from the Sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the believer. And what we understand from it similarly is that the believer is distinct. That the believer raises his head high. Sahib Sunnah raises his head high with his ghurba. And that he is proud. And that he feels honored to be upon the ghurba that he finds himself upon. It is not something that causes a problem for him. Other than the slight nuisance that may manifest because of the manner in which those who have little knowledge, those who are ignorant, deal with him. But as far as he himself, then he or she raises his head high, understanding that Allah Azza wa Jal truly has blessed him to be one that walks upon a legacy. The last of a people following the prophets and messengers, following the best of those who Allah Azza wa Jal had sent to mankind, teaching the true deen of Allah Azza wa Jal as Allah loves it and is pleased with it. A people, yani the prophets and messengers, who Allah Azza wa Jal revealed the, His revelation to, gave them miracles, and established them throughout time, and caused their names to continue to be mentioned, even among those who were not followers of them. A people who were the best of the people that mankind has seen. And so the question that we must ask ourselves is how are we going to carry that legacy? How are we going to continue? And are we going to bear upon our shoulders this great responsibility that was left by the prophets and messengers the only individuals in the dunya fulfilling it in the manner that it should be fulfilled without distorting, without deviating, without interpreting, without manipulating the message Ahlu Sunnati Wal Hadith. And so this affair of how we should live in these trying times is that we live a noble existence. That is first and foremost. The attitude that we have is that we understand that Allah Azza wa Jal has blessed us. And so we, being representatives in our own way of this khair and of this blessing and of this barakah must constantly question and check ourselves how 
am I carrying the legacy? And that legacy, brothers and sisters, is one that will mention one or two points that you all already know. But that is part and parcel of carrying this great legacy and this responsibility in these trying, challenging times. The first point, of course, ayyuhal ikhwa, for the carriers of this legacy, is that they carry it as the prophets and messengers carried it with ilm. They were not brothers and sisters juhad. They were not an ignorant people. The prophets and messengers and their followers and their students. They carried this legacy, ayyuhal ikhwa, with ilm. And that ilm and that knowledge, first and foremost, is knowledge of the wahi. Knowledge of what Allah Azza wa has revealed. For anyone who wishes to carry it. It is not falsafat or khuzabalat. It's not philosophy and foolishness and innovation and newly invented affairs. It is knowledge of the wahi. And that knowledge of the wahi, brothers and sisters, requires that we put that, that wahi and that revelation to memory. That we memorize it. And that we carry it with us. As Allah mentions concerning the book, that it is in the heart and the chests of those who were given knowledge. And ikhwan, it is amazing that this book, the book of Allah Azza wa Jal, the pure, unadulterated kalam and speech of Allah Azza wa Jal, the kalam of our Mawla Azza fil Ula, that it is present with us, ikhwan, unadulterated, untouched, as Allah Azza wa Jal revealed it. And how much of it have we put to memory? How concerned are we with it? Since the carriers of the legacy and those who forward the legacy must carry this with them. And so the first, most important characteristic of those who carry this legacy, Ikhwan, is without doubt that of ilm. And it is from the characteristics that makes that individual different. Are equal those who know and those who do not know? Allah has made it crystal clear. They are not the same. And so the first of the characteristics is the carrying of this legacy with knowledge. As Allah Azza wa Jal has mentioned, as the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned in the hadith of Anas ibn Malik and others, طَلَبُ الْعِلْمِ فَرِيضَةٌ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ مُسْلِمٍ Seeking knowledge is a fariza upon every single Muslim. And as the Salaf of this Ummah used to say, الْعِلْمُ وَسِيلَ إِلَىٰ كُلِّ فَضِيلَةٌ Ilm, knowledge, is that wasila إِلَىٰ كُلِّ فَضِيلَةٌ It is that means to everything good. Ilm. Ilm, as the Salaf used to say, كَفَى بِالْعِلْمِ زِينٌ أَنْ يَدَّعِيهِ مَنْ لَيْسَ فِيهِ وَيَفْرَحْ 
إِذَا نُصِبَ إِلَيْهِ That it is sufficient beauty and nobility for knowledge that it is claimed by one who does not possess it. And he is happy if he is attributed to it. وَكَفَرَ بِالْجَهْلِ شِيْنٌ أَنْ يَتَبَرَّأَ مِنْهُ مَنْ هُوَ فِيهِ وَيَغْضَبْ إِذَا نُصِبَ إِلَيْهِ And sufficient is jahl, is ignorance as an ugly characteristic that the one that possesses it frees himself from it. I'm not ignorant, I'm not jahl, jahl, murakkab, jahl and murakkaban. I'm not jahl, yakhi. يَتَبَرَّأَ مِنْهُ مَنْ هُوَ فِيهِ Frees himself from it, the one who actually does possess it. وَيَغْضَبِ إِذَا نُسِبَ إِلَيْهِ He becomes angry if he's attributed to it by jahl. عِلْمَ أَيُّهَا الْإِخْوَةِ is that characteristic, no doubt, that Allah Azza wa Jal has raised even the kalb, even the dog that is alim. Allah Azza wa Jal informs us in the book of Allah. مُكَلِّبِينَ تُعَلِّمُونَهُنَّ تُعَلِّمُوهُنَّ مِمَّا عَلَّمَكُمُ اللَّهِ فَكُلُوا مِمَّا أَمْسَكْنَا عَلَيْهِ Allah Azza wa Jal mentions concerning the dog, the one that he described as one that you have taught from that which Allah Azza wa Jal has taught you. فَكُلُوا مِمَّا أَمْسَكْنَا عَلَيْهِ So eat from that which he catches. Yani, the hunting dog, the one that was taught to hunt. Allah Azza wa Jal has permitted us to eat the, the animal that it catches. Not so with the regular dog. If the regular dog catches something, then that, that food is not halal. But the kalb al-alim, the food that he catches or the animal that he catches, then it is permissible to eat from, from that meat, to, to eat it. And Allah Azza wa Jal therefore has raised him bil-ilm. It is knowledge that has raised even the kalb. And that then brothers and sisters is the first most important characteristic of the carrier's of this legacy that they carried as the prophets and the messengers carried it ikhwan bil ilm and that ilm that knowledge of course is knowledge of the wahi knowledge of the revelation and so our gatherings they should be gatherings of ilm gatherings of knowledge gatherings wherein we encourage each other with ilm with memorizing ilm with putting it to memory with understanding it with having faham of the book and of the sunnah and of the aqwal and the statements of the salaf of this ummah. Because we understand, ikhwan, this is what we need to carry the legacy correctly. Ilm. Similarly, that which is related to the characteristics of the carriers of this legacy in these trying times, is on top of them having and possessing ilm, is that they are, by way of their ilm, those who act upon it. And that action, ikhwan, encompasses acting, number one, upon that which is related to the acts of worship, the ibadat, and those things that we have been commanded. Acting upon that which is related to the mu'amalat, to transactions and the dealings and that which is related to our manner of dealing and acting upon that which is related to akhlaq 
and related uh, to uh, our mannerisms and adab. And then, thirdly, that we call to that path. And of course, Ikhwan, this is one of the, one of the greatest of the characteristics of the prophets and messengers. That Allah Azza wa Jal made them call us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after He blessed them with ilm. And they weren't satisfied and happy. Alhamdulillah, Allah Azza wa Jal has guided me and given me revelation. And I know the truth from, truth from falsehood. Uh, and so, yani that they were smug with themselves and didn't call to it. Abadan. Rather, they understood that this blessing that Allah Azza wa Jal has given them, that it has responsibility. From the greatest of those responsibilities is that we convey the message. That was what the prophets and the messengers were upon, that they conveyed the message. And that we understand, Ikhwan, that when we're living among a people, that Allah Azza wa Jal has not guided to Islam and the Sunnah, a people who carry out the type of characteristics and actions that bring about the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and don't care. That, of course, Ikhwan, should strike fear in the heart of the believer. If Allah Azza wa Jal were to choose to punish a people on the basis of the actions that they carry out as He punished nations that were present within the past, because of the actions that they carried out and the belief that they had, that our presence among those people is one that should worry us. If the punishment of Allah Azza wa Jal were to come down, then would it encompass us likewise? And of course, Ikhwan, that is something that is established that in instances Allah Azza wa Jal encompasses those who were involved in the evil and those who were in proximity of those who were involved in the evil. The hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha is an example of that. يَغْزُوا جَيْشٌ الْكَعْبَةِ فَإِذَا كَانُوا بِبَيْضَاءً مِنَ الْأَرْضِ يُخْصَفُوا بِأَوَّلِهِمْ وَآخِرِهِمْ Prophet ﷺ, he said that an army will come to fight and destroy the Kaaba. And then when they're out in an open desolate land, the first of them and the last of them, Allah Azza wa Jal will make the earth open up and swallow them. And so Aisha radiallahu anha, she said, Ya Rasulullah, كَيْفَ يُكْسَفُ بِأَوَّلِهِمْ وَآخِرِهِمْ وَفِيهِمْ أَسْوَاقُهُمْ وَمَنْ لَيْسَ مِنْهُمْ she said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, how will the first of them and the last of them be opened and swallowed up when among them are people who have come to buy and sell and people who possibly weren't from them? The Prophet ﷺ, he said, يُخْسَفُ بِأَوَّلِهِمْ وَآخِرِهِمْ ثُمَّ يُبْعَثُونَ عَلَى نِيَاتِهِمْ He said, the first of them and the last of them will be swallowed up. And then, they will be raised upon their niyyah, upon their intention. So as far as the adab is concerned, it encompassed everyone. But those who were not actually involved and do have an excuse with Allah Azza wa Jal, 
then they'll be raised yawmul qiyamah based upon their niyyah. Then we have instances where Allah Azza wa Jal saves those who should have or who were present but enjoined the good. Those who were present, living in their proximity but enjoined the good and forbade the evil. As Allah Azza wa Jal mentions concerning the people of Ayla, those who Allah Azza wa Jal had commanded them as it relates to, to fishing on Yom Sabt. That Allah Azza wa Jal is a trial and a test for them. He made their fish come to them in abundance on Saturday, but prohibited them from fishing on Saturday. And so, though they knew they shouldn't fish, they set their nets on Friday, left the nets out for Saturday, and then collected the nets on Sunday. And so we didn't fish. The nets were just there. <laughs> and so that ikhwan, of course, was a qawm among the Yahud. And so Allah Azza wa Jal, by way of the prophets and messengers, warned them. And they were warned that a punishment was to come to them, if they continue. Among the believers, and among those who recognized that they were doing wrong, were a people who were believers, but didn't see that they should be warned against, or that they should be advised, or that the good should be enjoined with them, or that evil should be forbade. Rather they said, لِمَ تَعِذُونَ قَوْمًا إِلَّهُ مُهْلِكُهُمْ أَوْ مُعَذِّبُهُمْ عَذَابًا شَدِيدًا Why are you advising a people who Allah Azza wa Jal is soon to destroy or punish with a severe punishment? They responded, الْمَعَذِرَةِ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ وَلَا أَلَّهُمْ يَتَّقُونَ they said that perhaps we will relieve ourselves of guilt in front of Allah Azza wa Jal. And that perhaps they may receive some taqwa. Perhaps they might listen, some of them may change. And so what did Allah Azza wa Jal mention? What did Allah mention concerning that? Huh? Huh? فَأَنْجَيْنَا huh? فَأَنْجَيْنَا الَّذِينَ كَانُوا يَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ السُّوءِ So we saved those who used to prohibit the evil. وَأَخَذْنَا الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا بِأَذَابٍ بَئِيسٍ And as far as those who did wrong, then we took them with an evil punishment because of what they used to do. And so what we have here, if we look at the verse, we have two groups of people, two groups of believers, among a wrongdoing people. One group didn't enjoy the good and forbid the evil. They said, why are you enjoying, why are you continue to speak to them? Allah Azza wa Jal is about to punish them. Another group said, no, we'll continue to enjoy the good. Continue to forbid the evil. And seek, yani, an excuse before Allah Azza wa Jalla that we carry that responsibility and that we weren't silent in the face of that which displeases Allah Azza wa Jalla. Two groups of people. Allah Azza wa Jalla mentioned, so we saved those who enjoined the good and prohibited the evil. 
they were saved. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, he said in the tafsir of the verse, by Allah, I do not know if those who remain silent were saved. I do not know if the group that said, لِمَ تَعِدُونَ قَوْمًا Why are you continuing to advise the people Allah is going to destroy them? He said, I do not know if those who remained silent and didn't enjoy the good, if they too were saved. And so it's a fair ikhwan of enjoying the good and forbidding the evil. Everyone carrying it out in accordance with their ability and their taqa and their wusr is of major importance, particularly as it relates to saving oneself from possible adab from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides to send it down. From the characteristics, ayyuhal ikhwah, of those who carry this legacy in these trying times, is after obtaining knowledge, after receiving uh, the, the wahi and an understanding of it, and acting upon it, and calling to it, of course, as-sabru ala al-adhafihi. Patience upon the harm, patience upon the trial, and the calamity, that of course, will possibly befall the one who enjoins the good, and forbids the evil. Luqman, radiallahu anhu, when he advised his son, he said, Ya Bunay, Aqimis Salah. He said, Oh my son, establish the Salah. Wa'mur bil ma'roof. Wanha'anil munkar. Wasbir ala ma'asabak. Inna dhalika min azmil umur. He said, Oh my son, indeed you should establish the Salah. Enjoin the good. Forbid the evil and be patient upon that which befalls you. For indeed, that is from Azmil Umur. That is from the firmest affairs. Uh, uh, from the firmest of affairs. Uh, particularly since this topic revolves around the difficulties that the Muslim faces in trying times, it is imperative, Ikhwan, that this characteristic is manifest upon us. We're going to come across individuals among the non-Muslims who based upon what they see from the fools among us, followers of ISIS and Daesh, and those who yanha manhaj al-khawarij, those who are upon the methodology of the khawarij. Eventually, ikhwan, they are going to come to the end of their tether, and have enough. And it is difficult to blame a jahil like that. You imagine, Ikhwan, in one of our countries, if there were, whether it be our countries in the Indo-Pak subcontinent, or other countries, whether in the Caribbean or elsewhere, but countries of our origin. And then we have individuals who are alien to our land, but we've allowed them to stay. And these individuals, what we've seen from them is harm and killing and the taking of life, the mindless taking of life. 
There is not once or twice, Ikhwan, there are numerous instances of this happening. Eventually, Ikhwan, we're going to come to the end of our tether. And it is understandable. It is understandable. And there is no doubt that the intelligent among them will understand that there is a, there is a difference between these individuals and the true Muslim. The intelligent one will understand that. But the Ahmad Nas, the regular person, it's possible that he's just going to tar everyone with the same brush. And so the harm that may come from that, from the ignorant ones among them, is something that we have to remain patient with. And that we don't act and react ignorantly. And so this man is foul with his language, he makes a foul statement to you, so you react in the same way. I want to show him that we are that bit, that bit stronger, and that bit, that bit more able uh, to be physical. And so we just make matters worse. Ikhwan, the affair of sabr is elementary in these difficult times. Patience, because there is no doubt uh, that the Shabab al-Muslim and that we as an ummah, we require it and we need it. As far as the characteristics that we should be manifesting, then the fifth of them, ayyuhal ikhwa, is that which is related to one's personal self. And that is one of the ways that we combat the difficulties of these trying times is to focus and concentrate upon tazkiyatun nufus, upon purifying the nafs, rectifying ourselves personally. There is not one of us, ikhwan. And be honest with yourself, ayyuhal ikhwan. Bal al insan ala nafsihi basira, walaw alqa ma'adira. Bal al insan, Allah mentions, mankind knows himself better, even if he puts forward his excuses, regardless of the image that we present, present to the people. Each and every one of us knows himself better. Each and every one of us knows where his soul is. Each and every one of us knows the various forms of corruption that he has within himself, within his chest, things that he needs to, to rectify and, and manage and correct, things that he needs to purge himself of. Each and every one of us knows. Yaqi, be honest. Forget the image that you present. Just be honest with yourself, true to yourself and true to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Each and every one of us knows that his soul and his nafs needs purging. And so one of the characteristics of the true believer is that he's honest with himself. And he's true to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he doesn't, ikhwan, present a facade knowing his own reality. Rather, he concentrates upon himself. And this affair of tazkiyatun nafs, it is what we find the prophets and the messengers calling to throughout time. Each and every one of them called their, their followers to purge themselves, to purify themselves, to concentrate on themselves. And Allah Azza wa has made the affair quite simple and clear. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا وَقَدْ خَابَ 
Successful is the one that purifies it. And destroyed is the one that defiles it. Simple. That nafs that Allah has given to you, that soul that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with, you are either from those who strive to purify it, or actually you don't care. And you allow it to be solid and defiled. And you possibly open up your home to that. Or you may prefer to do so in the quiet of that room of yours. Whatever the case may be, Allah has made the affair crystal clear. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَاهَ وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَ And so the affair of tazkiyah to nafs, ikhwan, is about the believer being honest with himself, being true to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and striving to remove the ran, to remove that filth that is up in his heart and in his chest. كَلَّا بَلْ رَانَ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ مَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ Allah mentions indeed, رَانَ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ مَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ it is the darkness has entered and, and, and covered their heart because of what they have earned. Sufyan as Saudi, he described and he mentioned that the heart is similar to something in the middle of one's palm. And every time he sins, then this occurs and he closed his one of his fingers. And then this occurs and he closed another finger. And then this occurs and he closed another finger. And then this occurs and he closed another finger, and then this occurs until he had a fist. And he said, this is the ran. This is the darkness that Allah has mentioned that creeps upon the heart. That it continues slowly but surely, gradually in incremental steps until the heart is covered with darkness and the believer didn't even realize what happened. Slowly but surely he left alone those things that used to purify him. Slowly but surely he left alone those actions he used to perform that used to keep the iman strong in his chest. And so slowly but surely shaitan stripped them from him. So he no longer makes those adhkar in the morning and the evening. He no longer makes his dua when he leaves the home, when he enters the home. He no longer utters the adhkar that are to be uttered when he enters the masjid and he walks towards the masjid and other than that. Those things are now abandoned. The sunan al-ratiba that he used to perform after the salawat, that they are they have long disappeared. The miswat that he used to use once upon a time, that similarly has now gone. His garment being above his ankle and him being stringent about that, slowly but surely, the shaitan makes him buy lengthier garments. Slowly but surely all of those things that used to keep him pure And keep him strong Slowly but surely they disappear And that darkness, that ran Enters upon him As Aisha radiallahu anha She mentioned The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam Said نكتت فيه نكتة سوداء وأيما قلب أنكرها 
نكتت فيه نكتة بيضاء حتى يسير على قلبين. The Prophet ﷺ he said that indeed fitna is exposed to the heart like a reed mat that is woven reed by reed. Any heart that accepts it has a black mark placed upon his heart. And any heart that rejects it has a, a white mark placed upon his heart until we have qalbain, until we have two hearts. So the nafs, ikhwan, it is imperative that we strive to purify it. Because when we purify it, then that pure nafs by Allah has an effect upon those who surround it. Those who surround this individual. The one who is, in terms of his qalb, he strives to draw close to Allah azawajal. He strives to purify himself then that has an effect upon his relatives, an effect upon his friends, an effect if he's a teacher upon his students, an effect upon his family and his children. It has an effect, ikhwan, upon anyone who is close to that individual. They can see and almost sense the khair that that individual is upon. And when he falls from that, that is likewise detected. There is something, Ikhwan, that the believer detects within an individual from a change in his state. And sometimes it can even be seen upon the face. That nur and that light and that illumination and radiance that was once present, present within his face is now changed for darkness and for dhulma. Whether that person realizes it or not, it is detected. Uh, and so, 
the believer ikhwan he is mindful of himself in relation to this affair and that leads us ikhwan to the next of the characteristics that are imperative for the believer in these trying times and that is that he is a qudwa and that he is a uswa hasana that he strives to be a goodly example and that he strives ikhwan to ensure that anyone again who is around him that they are affected by him in a good way regardless of who it is if he accompanies family and they are affected by him in a good way if he accompanies his friends his companions they are affected by him in a good way if he accompanies workmates they are affected by him in a good way whether muslim or non-muslim they are affected by him in a good way regardless of who he is near to Allah Azza wa Jal makes him Mubarak <coughs> makes him one that is a form of khair for the people even if it is just by them attempting to emulate him and to, to copy him and be like him and that necessitates Ikhwan being as the prophets and the messengers were in terms of character as the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that indeed the closest of you to me Majlisan yawm al-qiyamah akhlaqa Those who are closest to me uh, in sitting on the Day of Judgment are those who have the best character. And that good character, Ikhwan, revolves around, of course, the Sunnah. Bashashatul Waj. Any that a person has a, 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 a person has a comely countenance. Any that you are likable, that you are in terms of how you interact with the people, that you manifest that which the Prophet manifests from good character in speech, when conversating, in dealing, whenever one has a transaction or enters into a transaction, that you're known ikhwan, for those good characteristics, trustworthiness, uprightness, bravery. Shuja'a, nasiha, giving advice. And that a person makes manifest concern uh, and care for the people. This is something that the people observe from the Prophet. That it is, it is as though you are close to. Killing yourself with grief that these people do not follow the message. Indicating that the Prophet was concerned for the people. The statement of the Prophets and the Messengers was, I fear for you the punishment of a great day, of a severe day. And that statement, I fear for you, again is a statement of concern. And it wasn't that they didn't care, rather, but they, they, were, they cared about the people. They were concerned for the people and for their welfare and for that which returns back to them with good. And the character of the Messenger وسلم, was such that Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned, وَإِنَّكَ لَا عَلَىٰ خُولُقٍ عَظِيمٍ 
that indeed you are upon a great or you are upon the most noble character. Allah Azza wa Jalla likewise mentioned, لَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا غَلِيرَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْفَضُّ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ That indeed if you were harsh and hard of heart, then they would have fled from around you. And so if you're finding that you're having problems with companionship, with friendships, with marriages, and the issue in the marriage is character-related, then each and every one of us, Ikhwan, needs to question ourselves in relation to the likes of these verses. Because Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, that is, if the people are fleeing from us, Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, لَوْ كُنْتَ فَضْوًا غَلِيذَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْفَضُّ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ That if you were harsh and hard of heart, then they would have fled from among you. So if they are fleeing from among us and from us, then... Is it because of the fact that we may possibly be harsh and hard of heart? And the people can see that. The people feel that. And so, Abdullah, look at yourself, rectify yourself, correct yourself. For indeed, those who carried this legacy from the prophets and the messengers and their followers, they carried it in the best manner. What you're carrying, ayyuhal ikhwa, there is nothing in the dunya that is more precious and more valuable than it. This deen that you have with you, this legacy that you are carriers of, there is nothing more valuable and precious than it. And if it were, ikhwan, that you were trying to sell something dunyawi, something that was valuable that most people didn't realize, was something precious and valuable, then there would be a number of things that you would do if you were a salesman for something precious. You would carry yourself, number one, in a certain way. That is number one. You would present yourself a certain way. Number two, you would conversate in a particular way. You would, you would speak and negotiate in a particular manner if you were carrying something that you were trying to sell from the affairs of the dunya that was precious. But then we have that which is that which is far, far, far more precious than anything that is valuable in the dunya. And it is as though, Ikhwan, we don't care about how we represent it. And so, as difficult as these times are, it is important that we <coughs> reflect upon how we are carrying this legacy, Ikhwan. Similarly, and we'll make this the final point, that which is connected uh, to carrying this legacy in this difficult time, is that we make iltifaf hawl al-ulama, that we remain close, and that we surround our ulama and our people of knowledge, that we stay close with our ulama, stay connected with them, in contact with them. And that, that, that we seek their advice, we seek their irshad, we seek their guidance. We seek their nasa'ih. We look towards that which they inform us, and that which they instruct us with. And we take it seriously, because we know that this is a part of carrying the legacy. 
That's the people of the reminder If you do not know And we strive Ikhwan to take from them And benefit from them And be their students If Allah Azawajal blesses us with something From a piece or from a Length of time uh, To be able to go away and to do so For indeed Ikhwan In that is success In that is khair Allah Azawajal uh, mentions وَإِذَا جَاءَهُمْ أَمْرٌ مِنَ الْخَوْفِ أو الأم... مِنَ الْأَمْنِ أَمْنِ أَوِ الْخَوْفِ أَذَاعُوا بِي وَلَوْ رَدُّوهُ إِلَى الرَّسُولِ وَإِلَى أُولِي الْأَمْرِ مِنْهُمْ لَعَلِمَهُ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَنْبِطُونَهُ مِنْهُمْ Allah Azza wa Jal mentions that indeed when there comes to them an affair of aman, of safety, or fear public safety and fear they go out and spread it among the people and that is subhanallah similar to what we find in our time from people whenever something occurs that is of major uh, or has a major effect upon the masses rather than taking that affair returning it back to the ulama and see how they advise and instruct first thing we do is take it to social media uh, and when we have hundreds or thousands of followers and that is doing exactly what Allah has commanded us not to do. When these affairs of public fear or safety comes to them, they just announce it among the people. And so when we hear, for example, of another instance of Al-Qaeda, or another instance of Daesh or ISIS carrying out what they carry out, or someone influenced by them, we're quick to repel it, to claim that it's a conspiracy, to claim that Yahi is the kuffar just again using and trying uh, to make the Muslimun look bad. Reality of the matter is, this doesn't, what we're seeing does not oppose what the Prophet ﷺ informed us will occur. Every time a rats from among them appears, every time a head from among them appears, in every era that they will continue to appear, and every time a head appears, then it will be cut off. It will occur up until the last of them appears among, alongside and with the Dajjal. So they will continue to appear. And so the question is, the Prophet ﷺ, we deny the manifestation of this this evil sect and that which they carry out. But the Prophet ﷺ informed us they will come and it will occur up until the, the Dajjal appears. And so if that, that is what the Prophet ﷺ said, and we deny every instance as some conspiracy, then where are the real instances of their manifestation? And which ones do we accept? Yaqi, the appearance of the Khawarij is something that the Prophet ﷺ, he's informed us of, we know it will happen, we know it will occur. Uh, and therefore, when we see it happening, then then we understand that this is something that has been prophesied. Our duty is to carry this message in a manner that is correct and to convey the haq in relation to it. And to be that good example, Ikhwan, for that person who you may be the only Muslim that he comes in contact with. That we carry ourselves with good character, with a good, a goodly countenance. The companions with one Allah, alayhi mentioned that 
uh, as Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu said, that the Amr of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was bayinun li, li man ra'ahu. That his affair was clear for anyone that saw him. Abdullah ibn Salam, he said when, he, when, the, when the Prophet came to Medina and he was hearing the people speaking about the, speaking about the coming of the Prophet, he said, I went to, when they were gathering around him, I went to see what it was, or who it was, they were saying was this Prophet. He said, and then when I saw his face, عرفت أنه ليس بوجه He said, as soon as I saw his face, I knew that was not the face of a liar. And so straight away they saw from him, والسلام, they could see that what is being said about him from evil is a lie, is false. That which they're saying about him being a, a, a liar, that which they're saying about him being a, one that spits families, magician, madman, poet, soothsayer, kadib kullu. As soon as you saw his face, you knew that was a lie. And so let the people see from us. If it is the first time they come into contact with a Muslim, let them see from us that that which is being said about them, yani about you, Muslimun, that subhanAllah, yani you're completely different. That you're like this or you like that, you don't like this and you don't like that, or you carry yourself in a particular way, or you're harsh. And let, let it be something that they see completely different. Let that mubtadi see from you that which is being said about you, yani about you, ayuha as-salafiyun, that it is kazib. Yani that uh, the Salafis, uh, yani they're distant from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu wasallam. There is no sunnah upon them. Uh, yani the only thing that they do is qil wa qal, and the only thing that we see from them is, yani you know the, the accusations that they make. Let them see from us nothing but khair and sunnah. Let them see the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, manifest within us. And that, Ikhwan, uh, is imperative. But all of that, Ikhwan, in terms of uh, our strength, then after the strength of Iman, then our strength, Ikhwan, as a jama'ah, and as Ahlul Sunnah, comes with our returning back to and staying close to and defending our ulama, our people of knowledge, the carriers of this legacy. And those who are at the head of the carriers of this legacy. We'll round up Ikhwan with this beautiful statement of Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim. Rahimahullah ta'ala. Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim, he mentions in, in Madarij al-Salikin, in relation to the ghuraba, he said, وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ فِي أَهْلِ الْإِسْلَامِ ghuraba." He said the mu'minun fi ahlil islam yani the true believers the strong believers among the people of islam are ghuraba they're strangers wa ahlil ilmi fil mu'minuna aw fil mu'minina ghuraba and the uh, the people of knowledge among the mu'minun the people of knowledge among the strong believers are ghuraba وَأَهْلُ السُّنَّةِ الَّذِينَ يُمَيِّزُونَهَا مِنَ الْأَهْوَاءِ وَالْبِدَعِ فِيهِمْ غُرَبًا And the people of Sunnah, 
those who distinguish the sunnah from desires and bid'ah among them are ghuraba, are strangers. That is among the ulama, are strangers. And so now we hear people say, mashallah, these people, mashallah, is only, they only consider two or three scholars, yaqi. Nobody but three scholars. Ghuraba, man, samit kalam shaykh. Ghuraba. At the time of the self of this ummah, in some occasions, the, the, the one that was considered at the head of the jama'ah from Ahlul Ilm was one. Abu Hamza Sukkari, mathalan. Rajul Wahid. Alhamdulillah, we have three. <laughs> he mentions, وَالدَّاعُونَ إِلَيْهَا الصَّابِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَذَى الْمُخَالِفِينَ هُمْ أَشَدُّ هَأُولَاءِ غُرْبًا He said, and the callers to it, those who are patient upon the other, patient upon the harm, of those who oppose them, they are the most severe among them in strangeness. He said, وَلَكِنْ هَأُولَاءِ هُمْ أَهْلُ اللَّهِ حَقًّا فَلَا غُرْبَةَ عَلَيْهِمْ وَإِنَّمَا غُرْبَتِهِمْ بَيْنَ الْأَكْثَرِينَ أو غُرْبَتُهُمْ بَيْنَ الْأَكْثَرِينَ الَّذِينَ قَالَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ فِيهِمْ وَإِن تُطِعْ أَكْثَرَ مَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ يُضِلُّوكَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ He said, but indeed, these, they are the people of Allah in truth. And so there is no strangeness with them in actuality. And though they are strange among the people that they may be surrounding or surrounded by, they are the people of Allah in truth. So there is no strangeness uh, in actuality upon them. Rather, غُرْبَتُهُمْ their غُرْبَةٌ is بَيْنَ الْأَكْثَرِينَ Among the majority of the people. He said, أَلَّذِينَ قَالَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ فِيهِمْ Those who Allah Azza wa Jal has mentioned concerning them, وَإِن تُطِعْ أَكْثَرَ مَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ يُضِلُّوكَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And if you obey the majority of those on earth, if you obey the majority of people on earth, which indicates to you, Ikhwan, the majority is not praiseworthy. Majorities, and there is no way in the book of Allah Azza wa Jal that majorities are praiseworthy. وَإِن تُطِعْ أَكْثَرَ مَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ يُضِلُّوكَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And if you were to obey the majority of people on earth, they would misguide you from the way of Allah. He mentions, فَهَاُولَاءِ أَوْ فَأُولَائِكَ هُمْ الْغُرَبَا مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَدِينِهِ he said that these individuals, they are in truth the true ghuraba from Allah and from His Messenger and from His Deen. Yani the aktharun, the majority. He said, وَغُرْبَتُهُمْ هِيَ الْغُرْبَ الْمُوَحِشَةِ وَإِن كَانُوهُمْ الْمَعْرُوفِينَ الْمُشَارُ إِلَيْهِمْ He said, and this is real, true, desolate ghurba desolate strangeness even if they are the ones that are the well known individuals that the people point towards 
Clearly, they are the ones that are popular, famous, and what have you. But their strangeness is real, true strangeness for his strangeness from Allah, strangeness from his messenger, and strangeness from his deen. And we seek refuge in Allah from that type of strangeness. And so there is no doubt, Ikhwan, that we're living in difficult times. But the Muslim, the believer, he understands his reality. He looks and he benefits from the followers of the prophets and the messengers of the past. And he carries this legacy in a manner, Ikhwan, that befits it. Or at the very least, he strives his utmost to do so. وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين جزاكم الله خير